Welcome, citizen, to the Watchtower. My name is Gary. And my name is Ben, and we'll be your guides as you peruse the archives of the world's greatest superhero group, the Justice League. And we hope that you'll join us on today's adventure. Welcome to Episode 6, The Enemy Below, Part 1. Gary, on today's episode, a nuclear submarine is attacked, leading the Justice League to investigate. It was taken down by Atlantis, but they're able to convince Aquaman, the king of Atlantis, to let the crew go. But he keeps the nuke. Uh, Soup asks Aquaman to make peace with the surfacers, and he attempts to do so, only to be attacked by an assassin. Uh, The group is able to track down the assassin, Deadshot, uh, but not before Aquaman escapes back to Atlantis, wherein he finds that his brother, Orm, has taken control, and Aquaman is arrested. It's a very different. I mean, I expected it to be, because we're getting our first real introduction to Aquaman, and I, I assume he's not in the show all that much, but... No, he's not a member. As as I hinted at uh, in the last episode, I, I know very little about Aquaman. I think when I was a kid, my cousin had an action figure of him, and he just didn't get much, you know, TLC in the 90s, so... No, and I've got, you know... He tends to get a pretty unkind treatment because uh, from his from the Silver Age uh, years where he was introduced as like guy who what can talk to fish. Right. Um, and it was only until much later that he got this kind of gritty, edgy reboot as the, you know, the 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 rough and tumble king son of a bitch of Atlantis, which right. is what we have here. Which Yeah. And he is a son of a bitch. I, if I could be frank, I really like this Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> I do, too. I mean, he 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 takes no shit from no one. Uh, that's a yeah, double yeah, negative, but whatever. That's it's fine. It's uh, that's that's aqua abonics. Uh, <laughs> you were saying it in. That's how they say it down there under under the sea. Under the sea. Yeah, he was missing that Jamaican accent, but aside from that, it was everything, <laughs> everything I expected. Else. <laughs> he's got the eye stalks. He's got the big pincher hands. Yeah. Everything. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is a. Uh, this episode pretty much focuses on Aquaman and Atlantis and kind of the political stuff going on, uh, kind of not related to the Justice League almost at all. How did you how'd you feel about that? I liked it. Yeah? It gave me vibes of In Blackest Night, but in a much better way. Like, the tone in this was much more even, um, the characters were much more interesting, and yeah. I, I just, I thought it was executed very well. Green Lantern doesn't have nothing going for him, but Aquaman has a lot more, I would say. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, his his attitude through this whole episode is super nationalistic. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's resonant with me in an age where I see it being utilized for terrible people to do terrible things. Uh, right. So to see somebody who is the king of a nation, you know, rallying against this kind of globalist ideal that the justice league frankly is mm-hmm. um but he he wants to keep he wants to keep his own like no this, my nation is is us we are a sovereign nation and i'm in charge of it i'm not going to just give it up to anybody mm-hmm. it you know at, at the risk of dating myself for for future atrocities there <laughs> there's a point there yeah you know? yeah uh, there is most of the rest of the world doesn't care about uh, you know dumping trash into the oceans right <laughs> maybe they shouldn't be in charge of atlantis yeah yeah and and they they went all but you know explicitly stating dumping trash into the ocean you know as far as the atrocities committed by the land people 
I mean, granted, like, if you had a nation that was just the world's garbage dump, you'd probably have some stuff to say. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that would ever stop being a hot button issue. (laughs) For sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to say, like, there, there was a little bit of unintentional comedy, I feel like, you know, just with Aquaman, like once he came up to the earth, just his, his stroll was so casual and so slow. Like, I don't think it's unintentional. (laughs) Like that, that image of him rising out of the waters with the classic, like no nonsense horse blinders, 10, like staring 10,000 feet ahead. Like I'm a man on a mission and just a bunch of (laughs) Southern California beachgoers just like, what, what am I looking at? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Bruh, you wipe out. <laughs> it was, uh, it's pretty funny. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all, I, that image of him trying to do the crosswalk and all the cars independently stopping in front of him. <laughs> right. And then him just getting mad and slamming the car, you know, I mean, it's pretty, yeah, pretty beautiful. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's great. Like, there's something very comical about, um, you know, this is this is clearly a man what is worthy of respect, mm-hmm. but nobody has any concept of him. Right. So <laughs> it's 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 just a very funny uh it's just a very funny juxtaposition to see there 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 is comedy there. Like it is a, a eminently comedic kind of scene where mm-hmm. everyone has no idea who he is and he's just like, I'm better than all of you. That's where <laughs> that's who I am. Right. Well, I feel like I feel like the Justice League got to know him a little too fast, if you know what I mean. Like all of a sudden, it seems like they went from experiencing well, Atlantis for the first time to kind of knowing, like this is Aquaman. This is this is how he reacts to things. Right, right. Because we're we're given a little bit of an intro with like Aquaman, you know being the commander at the helm saying bring them down i don't want people in my ocean uh Mm -hmm. you know before uh before the justice league gets involved so we get kind of a we get kind of a feel of you know what it's like for him him personally like the head of a military command and a and a monarchy Mm -hmm. but we really don't see anything about atlantis until like well into the second episode like it it's kind of a kind of a missed shot for us to actually like be exploring the world that we're supposed to be caring about if if we're doing good world building you'd think we would see more of atlantis other than the like military command until like 40 minutes in yeah yeah that's true uh i'm sorry whenever i said they saw atlantis earlier i mean whenever they first run into him at the uss defiant like as far as i know that's the first time they're meeting him but then all of a sudden they're like no this is aquaman like they name check him and so like i want to know what the the history of of him is to them like is this the first awareness anyone has of atlantis and you know the king of it or what well let's put the pieces together because the people at the beach don't seem to know who he is right uh but but the but the people in the united federations or whatever the hell the organization the made up organization here is called they right. seem to know who he is mm-hmm. and the justice league knows who he is so is he like just a foreign leader that is just not widely publicized i feel like if atlantis was a place well i mean granted like we don't know much about foreign nations that we don't have like big like huge amounts of beef with and it right. seems like you know, Atlantis is mostly isolationist, so maybe it makes sense that no, like, people off the street wouldn't have heard about him. It'd be like us having, you know, knowledge of, you know, whoever is in charge of Uruguay. Right. Like, uh, until we have a war with them, we're not going to care. Right, right, right. 
Yeah. And I mean, for the record, let's but hope I'm sure that never happens. But I'm sure the top brass knows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Our thoughts and prayers with those in Uruguay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, so, so I guess it does kind of make sense um, that they would have crossed paths in some supernatural kind of way. Or right. in some superpower society kind of way without necessarily having everyone know who he is. Yeah, yeah. I think the point stands that we don't see anything about Atlantis for a while, though. Like, we probably should have gotten a little bit more flavor to it. Yeah, yeah. And and let's be honest, you know, Batman seems to know everyone. So, I mean, that little bat computer he true. has seems to be so advanced that he knows everything. And ev- There's not really even a point in the Watchtower, <laughs> you know? He shows up today. He shows up in this episode after um, after uh, Aquaman is has the assassination attempt on him. And he just shows up at the hospital and is like, "I prepared for this. I am Batman, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. You guys know the drill. Doctors released me into his custody. I am a better doctor than doctors. <laughs> I know what he needs. Like he's, he seems like he's prepped for this as well. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a delight to have him back after missing him for the last arc. Because there's just, I don't, I don't need Batman in every arc, but like when he's not there, I do miss him, and I think that would apply for most of the characters, but it's it's especially yeah. strong because I guess I have that Bat Bond. And also, um, he shows up in the right way here, which is like briefly yep. to deliver a line and then leaves. Like yeah. that's very classic Batman for this group. I know, I like it. You know, I I did want to mention. Um, this this seems to be a running theme that uh, a lot of the arcs, you know, the the intro arc was like just us getting used to everyone. Um, maybe a minor character focus on John Jones, but for the most part, it was just about the group. Mm-hmm. Since then, we have arcs that are either on about one of the characters on the Justice League, you know, in Darkest Night, right. in Blackest Night. And now we have a character focus on someone who's not on the Justice League. And from what I remember watching this series way back when, most of the episodes tend to lean into one of those two categories. And I'll I'll be interested in which ones I like better because it it might just depend on the strength of what character we're focusing on. And if so, Aquaman's just better than Green Lantern. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's sort of an unexpected turn to focus on you get this cast of six characters as your core right and then you just completely divert and go to someone who's never been on camera before and who is not at all a part of that group uh it's it's an interesting move and i feel like that doesn't happen a lot it it you know if if we were talking about like a saturday morning tv show mm-hmm. from like the 80s or 90s they don't tend to like focus on a character you you know you have like G.I. Joe's or Earthworm Jim, we're not focusing on a particular Joe or like one of the main protagonists because we know them well enough, implicitly mm-hmm. enough, that what we're really interested in is watching them scuffle with the bad guys. Right. But um, this, is, this isn't quite the same thing because this would be like they always do so in a... Di- I guess they always do it in a different location for G.I. Joe as well. It's just um, we have a... You know what the difference is? Is rather than a random catastrophe, we're dealing with Aquaman and Atlantis mm-hmm. as our focus. Yeah. And they are DC properties that are well fleshed out. Like mm-hmm. if you go into lore, uh Atlantis is like this techno magic like this magitech society that is that far outstrips the surface in terms of like uh technological ca- capabilities. It almost looks like a paradise through a certain lens. Like this is um this is 
well-trod ground. I, I think they benefit from having a really evocative scene to focus on. It's not like just a random, and then something happened in the Florida Everglades, and we got to go check it out. Like, no, this is an established property, and maybe maybe that gives it weight. Yeah, and and to your GI Joe point, like I feel like that show was all the characters were generic enough that it didn't really matter who was in the plot. I mean, I think right. the villains are more colorful than the heroes, but like all the you know GI Joe characters, it doesn't matter if they're a guy or a girl or a ninja. You know, they're just kind of filling the same role whereas with justice league it seems there like there is more to say about them yeah, yeah everyone is is more character based than story based i feel like yeah maybe it's less like what the direction was and more like what are our pieces capable of yeah and these piece, pieces are capable of full arc focus mm-hmm. kind of things um with the exception of green lantern of course but <laughs> in any case uh, I do like a a bit of I, I want to fo- focus in on like kind of this intro uh, sequence where we're in a submarine, um, we're watching the submarine go down, and then the Justice League shows up. I got a question about that. Um, <laughs> why is that? Like, okay, like t- two different, two distinct points. I, I guess the Justice League would be best poised to you know survive the pressures of of underwater to be able to see, to rescue this downed submarine. But don't they have anything better to do? Like not to be not to be callous, but this is like fifty people maximum. Right. I feel like this is not that big of a. I. You know what? I guess it's because it's a nuclear sub. Yeah, that's probably the reason. I've got vague memories of them showing up for like rescuing cats from trees, or you know, really like sa- saving a single person at a time kind of stuff. And I just don't buy it. Once we've gotten to the global scale, there's no way. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. Like 1930s Superman. That's cool. Like, show up for that birthday party. <laughs> yeah. Show up to save that cat. But like, he has to jump over buildings. He he doesn't. You know, he's not a he's not looking down from on high in an orbiting space station. It's a different scale. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Once once you go global, you don't go back. That's not you're the you're expression. yeah. Now you're a noble. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, you you're picking up what I'm dropping, but <laughs> I apparently am. <laughs> And boy, am I dropping yeah. it. Um, I I think that it, it probably is the nuclear thing, although I did kind of wonder that, too. I, at one point, I thought, are the Justice League more annoying than helpful? Like, are they just showing up and meddling in places that they don't belong? Because they've definitely done that in both of the two previous episodes. I mean, if you're truly working for justice, you're kind of by definition showing up where you don't belong yeah you know yeah like sure. uh cl- clearly i mean like it, let, let's let's strip the whole nationalistic tendencies kind of thing out of it clearly they should save the people who are on this submarine yeah they didn't want to get attacked by atlantis they probably didn't even know atlantis was there the man on the street doesn't understand what atlantis is like right. it's not really their fault and they don't deserve to die so like i think i think being a bug in aquaman's soup is warranted here <laughs> yeah yeah, I get that. So so to speak. Um, if they even, like, drink soup. I don't even know if it, how that would work underwater. Yeah. Somehow they have, like, dry soup. I don't know. That sounds, that sounds terrible. It, it really does. <laughs> but I, this is why I'm never going to be Aquaman. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, can, can I talk about um, the amazing outfits in Aquaman's throne room? Okay. 
because like I don't know if you like noted this at all. None of this, these soldiers are wearing armor over most of their bodies. <laughs> like they have the cross strap and like a pauldron, and that's kind of it. It's it's a and they're very, all bare chested. Yeah, it's a very sexy like uh, inappropriate for battle kind of vibe. It they legitimately look like they're in a strip club. Yeah, you know, like with like that, like you know. Uh, get down on your hands and knees that kind of that kind of strip club right you know it's 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 like a it's like a specialty joint i, I mean um, i've i've, I've yeah, heard I, of I, such I, things if you just replace all their um, oh, of course you haven't visited well <laughs> allow me to take you into the bowels of the underworld my friend if, if you just look at their outfits and replace it mostly with black and give them gimp masks it's it's i don't know if that's an offensive term it's probably like a they they would all look like dominatrices. Oh yeah, for sure. One I, and done. I noticed it a lot. I, I, the more. queen is wearing what looks like lingerie. Oh, I was actually I made a note about Mara's. It's like slave outfit. Leia. Yeah. Well, I was thinking yeah? Princess Jasmine actually, because especially Same thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically, in the second episode, she had like the yeah. sheer like drapey thing on her, and I was like, didn't Jasmine wear that exact same thing with the uh, you know essential essentially bikini kind of thing going on now that i think about it in aladdin i know this is a total tangent but like given the society at the time like preserving one's virtue was like your merit as a woman right right but she's sort of just dressed like a prostitute isn't she a little bit except for when she's being a commoner with the veil and like uh and like the bearing the midriff and everything like i don't know she looks like a courtesan to me maybe that's just a modern affect yeah maybe uh, there was a, a nice bit of dialogue uh, when uh, when Superman does kind of like come up to him and is like, "Hey, this isn't the right way to do things. You can't just do with do it with force. Go to the United Nations and air your grievances." Mm-hmm. Um, and Aquaman goes, "You'd have me crawl like a beggar." And he says, "No, stand before them like a king," and yes. then just pieces out. I, like, I love how Superman is so consistently the one who forces the diplomatic option. I know. He he's he's so good. Every time he's on, I'm I'm just like grinning ear to ear. And I I wrote that exact quote down because I love that. That's so good. Oh, it's great. Yeah. And he's the one who stops GL from like, you know, going off the handle of like, no, this is a military submarine. I am military man, in case you forgot my one defining character trait. <laughs> um but you know but Superman, once again, He's like, he doesn't force the submarine issue. He's like, if there's a nonviolent solution here, I want to explore it. Yeah. Yeah. I So consistent. He is. I, I like I like it a lot. Uh, so you mentioned Mara. Uh, there's also mm-hmm. Aqua Baby. Aqua Baby. Yeah. Did- I guess like if we wanted to follow the canon, I, this is this is a little insane to do. Because this baby is white and that baby was black. Right. Um, in Young Justice, there is Aqualad. Although, no, it's not. It's not. A, it's not crazy because he's not Aquaman's son. He's just a like a protege. Okay. So, so yeah, it's, it's was, he's not part of the royal line. I was wondering if if Aqu- in fact I think he might be Black Manta's son. Oh, that makes sense. Adoption. Twists upon twists. Yeah. <laughs> Sinister. Aqua Baby's not going to be happy about his adopted brother taking the aqua aqua baby never comes up again i mean like he's just here to give uh to give him some like much needed much needed softening right you know? right he, he comes across as such a hard ass that that moment that we get with uh with mara 
that 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 is a much needed softening scene to give him some humanity because otherwise we just have dick dickish dictator right with uh no conception of other of other people's rights above the surface which is not the best if he's our protagonist so i think that's the utility of this here plot baby yeah yeah it, it makes sense i did note like in mm-hmm. terms of vocal effects like aquaman is very optimus prime just in the way it's oh, really? not Peter Cullen, but like <laughs> he sounds like he's doing a Peter Cullen at times. Just the deep booming kind of kind of thing. I can see it. It's the baritone of leadership, you know. Oh, yeah, like that's a that's a well worn trope. It's why I could never be a leader. My voice can't go that deep. I mean, it, they 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 tend to go right down the like for all the things that. Uh, I mean, this this show is very much sticking to formula in a bunch of ways. If you look at the entire cast of our heroes, all the men, with the exception of the comic relief, all have the baritone. You yeah, know? that's true. <laughs> so, well, not really Superman. Cleaving a little close. He's Soup's got sort of a softness to his voice that none of the others do, and he's he has a gentleman's tenor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's still in a barbershop quartet. We can at least agree on this. <laughs> Absolutely. So, do we want to talk about Deadshot? Yeah, my note says, holy <laughs> shit, is that Deadshot? Question mark, exclamation point. Because So, this is our character highlight. Tell me what you know about Deadshot. Oh, you mean Aqua Baby's not your character highlight? Um, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Two scene, two scene, he's a two-scene chump. <laughs> uh, arguably so is uh, Deadshot, but... I, I oh, like granted. Deadshot a lot more. I, I don't know a yeah, lot about him, you know. but I do know I, I genuine or generally associate him with Batman more. So whenever he showed up as sort of a uh, mercenary against Aquaman, I was like, "Whoa, this is unexpected and kind of cool." In this episode, voiced by the Flash himself, Michael Rosenbaum. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. Yep. It makes it makes sense though. I mean, like he's he's also kind of got a crack wisecracking personality mm-hmm. he's like i i first thought it was deathstroke yeah and then i my brain went to deadpool and then <laughs> i finally settled on deadshot because they're all mercenaries with death in the title right is there like that feels like a copy paste kind of pattern sort of zeitgeist maneuver there where like we recognize that mercs are in and we recognize that we like we're getting edgier so death needs to be in the in the name yeah do you think there's any any credence to that I th- I think so. I mean, it's it's across the board with Batman characters because there's Killer Croc, Killer Moth. Um, that's true. And a couple oh others, God, that's very true. Which it's funny because yeah. there's this line that Fisher Price puts out called Imaginex, and they've gone really deep into the canon of Batman characters for kids, essentially. And uh, so they have included Killer Croc and Killer Moth and Deadshot, but. They can't call them that because they're for like ages Ooh. three to seven. So please tell me they call Mr. them Moth K Croc, K Moth, and then Deadshot is just Slade because that's his name. They yeah. just refer to him as Slade Wait, rather Slade? than Deadshot. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, that's uh, Deathstroke. Deathstroke, my bad. Sorry. Yeah, so it's like yeah, Dead Deadshot. It, I I will tell you. Yeah, I don't his know his name. name. It's Floyd Lawton. Oh, so he's, he's what? A, he's a he's a pimply little nerd yeah (laughs) um so deadshot uh he first appeared in um 1950 in one of the batman comics as you had said and uh his sort of whole deal is that he's not supernatural in any way other than he's an excellent marksman he never misses a shot 
uh like period like like insane aiming skills mm-hmm. kind of kind of style like um you know throw a paper clip through the eye of a through the eye of a needle at a hundred yards that kind of thing um he's usually portrayed as a supervillain but sometimes he's an anti-hero because that's how mercenary works right um yeah so i i went a little bit into this because i was thinking uh dead 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 shot um is pretty similar to marvel's bullseye mm. did you know that amalgam comics the the amalgam comics universe created a like uh, a a gestalt character combining these two characters really into dead eye <laughs> <laughs> yes wow and dude you you actually you got to hear about this amalgam universe because it's it's a real trip um so is this where dark claw comes from probably i gotta tell you just like let me give you a few sentences from the lore because i find like out of context lore in superhero comics really hilarious <laughs> okay it just sounds like complete oh yeah here's dark claw yep which is just batman plus wolverine yep yeah so um yeah, it's apparently when two comic book universes came together, when the two physical incarnations of their respective universes, referred to as the brothers, became aware of each other after Aeons of Slumber. To prevent the brothers from destroying each other, characters from each universe battle... It's just it's just Marvel versus DC, right. the game, you know? <laughs> um, when the battles were finished, neither universe was willing to go. To prevent their total destruction, the Spectre and the Living Tribunal created an amalgamated universe in which only Access and Doctor Strange... It's Doctor Strange fate, sorry, because uh, it's both of them together. No, I'm <laughs> sorry, and also Professor X is part of that. Like, this is total, complete hogwash. Like, wow. <laughs> comic, comic book nerds need so many permissions <laughs> to not get their you know knickers in a twist about like canon issues that they created an amalgamated universe so they're just like i don't know put it all in there wow now they can fight yeah <laughs> now they can fight fine that, that is crazy i've i, I mean I, yep. i've heard of dark claw i had a comic book of his back in the 90s which was actually kind of vibing off of batman the animated series design and wolverine's design in the x-men 92 animated series so like those were my favorite representations. Hmm, those are pretty different designs. Yeah, but it, it looked pretty cool the way that they pulled it off. I can't say that I've ever read the book, but I've I've got it somewhere. Were you edgy in those days? Like that that sounds like the hugest edge lord character you could have. <laughs> I can't say you I know? was, but I I I liked him well enough to buy a book for three dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean that's 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 not pocket change back in those days. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah. I mean I. That's that's enough to get you like you know carton of cigarettes maybe, <laughs> perhaps. I don't I don't know I don't know economy. <laughs> I think I think Deadshot looks cool, but I don't really have anything more to say about him. I'm I'm glad he was your highlight though because I didn't realize he dated back to the 50s. That's impressive. Yeah, no, he's he's got a, a long and storied history. I think that I didn't ever really give him maybe the place that he deserved in like the canon because I focused so hard into Deathstroke with uh, Teen Titans. Sure. And nothing could really live up to that menace in the whole mercenary, menacing, death-related name kind of kind of branding. <laughs> right. Um, it's If it wasn't Slade, I didn't care. So That's fair. This guy's not, not my favorite, but they needed a merc. He's a merc. Fine. Yeah. He's a good disposable character. Yeah. Yeah, and he gives the uh, Justice League a run for, for their money, like, manages to escape most of them 
Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the shot of Aquaman just decking Green Lantern. Oh, I love that. When he's tired of being like put up somewhere. Like, why don't you just stay tight, your highness? How about no? And just bam. Yep. That was beautiful. Just lays him out. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I did. I really enjoyed the bit of Batman comedy that came along with that shot. Which... Give me, give me that one, because that one was good for me as well. Yeah, when uh, Batman kind of pulls him close and says one word of advice, and then it cuts away, uh, to, so you can't obviously hear what he says. And then um, I guess Green Lantern asks Superman, what do he say? And Soup's like, you don't want to know. <laughs> the fact oh, that- yeah, and like Deadshot, like, you, you hear the reaction. He's- You're like, Deadshot's like, okay, okay, geez, all right, I'll tell you, yeah, geez. he spills, yeah. It's a, it's a good little character moment. It is, it is. Uh, there was one other scene that I kind of I kind of wanted to point out, which is right at the very end when Aquaman gets uh, surrounded by his brother and you know arrest arrest the traitor, and then the you know the brother says, "All right, go ahead, do it," um, and they all point the spears at Aquaman. This feels like a classic scene. Like I think that there it happened in Game of Thrones, right? At one point with the whole uh, in the first season uh Nettard Stark um comes in and is like um arrest the traitor um and all the all the spears flip to him instead is this like a classic cinema thing like where did this originate cuz i've seen it a number of times yeah i can't say that i know exactly but it it it's very familiar it's definitely yeah. a trope of 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 some sort I mean, I don't know where it originates or how much it gets used, but like the utility of it, of getting our protagonist clearly, like having having the antagonist clearly in the driver's seat, like the the rules have changed, kind of that oh shit moment, yeah, is really helpful. Yeah, for sure. And I got a good say- way to end it. Good way to end an episode too. That like classic uh, Justice League cliffhangers. They got it back, baby. They did, it yeah, good. way better than the last time around. But I, I think that. Although very similar, because, you know, the the character that we're focusing on is in dire straits, the most dire straits possible at that, you know, point that we go to the cliffhanger. Um, But this episode breezed by so quickly, whenever we actually got to that point, I was like, oh, cool, we're going into the second commercial break. But no, it was the to be continued. (laughs) Like, that's what I I love whenever uh, an episode is so fun and so well written that I don't even notice the runtime on it. Mm hmm. So you like this episode? I do like this episode. I think yeah. I think it's a a really good time. It it reminds me why I like the first three parts so much. And arguably, this nice. might be my favorite favorite episode so far. Yeah, this had a lot of good moments. Um, Aqua, like the 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 comedy, the inherent comedy of Aquaman run, coming out of the ocean. To to go into episode highlights, mm-hmm. I think that the Batman pan away scaring Deadshot thing is probably the 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 best moment in the whole the whole thing with just the reaction of oh okay i'll talk yeah jeez yeah back off man that was take it easy that was great um my favorite moment was actually just a moment of noticing the art whenever uh they're up in the watchtower and they're kind of floating around and it's all silhouettes of the characters like i'm a sucker for silhouettes so whenever they did that i was just kind of like Ooh, this is nice. I like it. And nothing is really important mm-hmm. that is that's said during that scene, but just the look of it is I love it. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, so um yeah, closing opinions. It's great. 
I like this episode a lot. I like Aquaman. This iteration of Aquaman's awesome. Yeah. Uh, more, please. I, I agree. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll I take two. I hope we get to see more of him in part two. Uh, yeah. And, and, and beyond. I, I think one... Yeah, one weakness this maybe had is that I don't feel like it really fleshed out or, like, really commented upon any other character. But we do get, like, that character moment of Superman favoring diplomacy first. We have that Green Lantern military mindset sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It is consistent with the characters, it, even if it doesn't develop them at all. And then maybe that's enough. Yeah, I wish I could argue that point, but I really can't. I mean, you're you're exactly right. There, There's nothing. We don't learn anything new about Wonder Woman. We don't learn anything new about any of the other characters, aside from the fact that Bat- nah, it's all Aquaman. Batman is a master negotiator. Batman's very good in this episode. This is a very good Batman episode. It is, and he's only in it for like four minutes. Exactly. I like it, and I, I also want to mention the part where Green Lantern gets knocked out. I mean, that was a really good scene, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like we're going to build a build a mythology of just hating Green Lantern. And I don't really hate him. He just does not shine nearly as much as everyone else. No, I, I liked him a little bit more in this episode yeah it's it's fine i feel like he's always the hothead who has to get reprimanded by the end of it you know yeah for sure him and him and flash are kind of kind of in that uh in that in that space and hot girl too i feel like she's a hothead as well at times yeah she's just better at it i guess yeah (laughs) yeah she's more likable for some reason she's hot i don't know man like (laughs) gotta make me say it out loud i've i've never i've never seen her unmasked so i'm 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 curious we probably don't in this series right but i think it happens once oh okay all right cool cool let's jump to that episode next no uh look for yep (laughs) let's do that next uh what do we do next time we are going to be coming back for part two of this in the meantime if you want to listen to more of us uh ben where can people find you you can find me at cartoncast.com or uh, fancy bat slash cart slash carton cast slash contact if you want to request shows uh we do uh, uh me and my younger brother do a podcast uh about old cartoons jesus i flowed that like crazy but it's out there now <laughs> yep and i am uh all over the place it seems like but uh you can find out more about me through the wax nostalgic network which links will be in the show notes for that and uh yeah so thank you for listening we will see you guys in episode seven thank you for listening to the watchtower To find out more about this show or any of our other shows, visit us on the web at www.waxnostalgicnetwork.com.